are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their hearts and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 296. We are reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 9, Paragraphs 145 to 154. 145. The infernal dragon could not resist the mandate of the powerful queen for her divine son to the greater terror of the demons, permitted them all to see him sacramentally present in the bosom of the invincible mother, as in the throne of his omnipotence and majesty. This happened also on other occasions when Mary put Lucifer to confusion, as I shall relate farther on. This time he hurled himself into the abysses with all that had accompanied him, and they fell oppressed and annihilated by the divine strength of that peerless woman. For some time the demons remained there in consternation and lashed themselves to fury on account of their woeful state, which they could not escape. And because they despaired of overcoming this powerful queen, or all those who should come under her protection, in this furious dismay, Lucifer conferred with his demons, and said, In what calamity do I see myself plunged? Tell me, what can I do against this my enemy, who thus torments and overwhelms me? She alone battles against me more strenuously than all the creatures together. Shall I then give up persecuting her in order that she may not succeed in destroying me? Ever have I come forth from battle with her vanquished, while she remains victorious. I must acknowledge that she is continually diminishing my powers, and that step by step she will succeed in annihilating me, so that I shall be powerless against the followers of her son. Yet how am I to suffer such an unjust oppression? Where is my exalted sovereignty? Am I, then, to subject myself to a woman of a condition and nature, so inferior and vile in comparison with mine? But I dare not at present battle with her. Let us seek to overthrow some of her followers, so that in some measure my confusion may be allayed and my revenge satisfied. 146. The Lord permitted the dragon and his hordes to return and tempt the faithful for their probation, But on becoming acquainted with the state of their souls and the great virtues with which they were adorned, they found no approach open, nor any of the faithful that would listen to their insane deceits and illusions. Yet on searching the dispositions and natural inclinations of each one, 
through which, unfortunately, they always carry on their fierce war against us. The demons found that Ananias and Sapphira were attached to money and had always sought after it with a certain amount of avarice. Of this weakness they availed themselves for their attack, and they suggested to their imagination the expediency of reserving a part of the price of a heritage, which they had sold in order to give its proceeds to the apostles in thankful acknowledgment of the faith and baptism received at their hands. They permitted themselves to be entrapped by this low deceit, because they found it harmonizing with their base inclination, and they sought to deceive St. Peter. The apostle knew of their sin through a revelation, and he chastised them by permitting them both, first Ananias, then Sapphira, suddenly to fall dead at his feet. Sapphira, without knowing what had happened to her husband, shortly afterwards practiced the same deceit and expired in the same way in the presence of the apostles. 147. Our queen knew from the very beginning what Lucifer was plotting, and that Ananias and Sapphira were listening to his wily suggestions. Full of compassion and sorrow, the loving mother prostrated herself in the divine presence, and called out from the bottom of her soul, Alas, my son and lord, that this bloodthirsty dragon should snatch these simple sheep of our flock. How does my heart suffer, O my God, to see the contagion of avarice and deceit infect the souls who have tasted life in thy blood? If this most cruel enemy scathelessly thus mixes up with them, the evil example of sin will do great damage on account of the weakness of men, and one will follow the others in their fall. I shall lose my life, O Lord, in grief, since I know what an evil sin is in thy eyes, and especially the sin not of strangers but of thy children. Do thou, my beloved, provide some remedy of this evil which thou hast made known to me. The Lord answered her, My beloved mother, let not thy heart in which I reside be afflicted, for I shall draw much good out of this evil for my church, and it is for this end that my providence shall permit it. In chastising these sins, I shall teach the other faithful by a visible example to fear such sins in the church, and thus shall caution them against the deceit and the covetousness of money. For the same chastisement, or my anger, impends over all that shall commit the same fault, since my justice shall always remain the same against all that are rebellious to my will, as taught by my holy law. 148. With this answer, the Most Holy Mary consoled herself, although she continued to pity those two ensnared ones, Ananias and Sapphira, on account of the divine vengeance, about to fall upon them in chastisement. In the meanwhile, she offered up most exalted prayers for the rest of the faithful, in order that they might not fall into the snares of Satan. And she again turned upon him to frighten and repel him from irritating the Jews against the apostles. Prevented by her power, he destined, and the first children of the church enjoyed much peace and tranquility. This happiness, under the protection of the great queen and lady, would have continued forever, if men had not thought little of it, giving themselves up to the same and worse deceits than Ananias and Sapphira. Oh, that the faithful would fear this example, and imitate that of the apostles. 149. When the apostles were taken prisoners, as related above, they called upon the divine mercy and the protection of their heavenly queen and mother. And when she, by divine enlightenment, became aware of their condition, she prostrated herself in the form of a cross before the throne of God, and made for them the following petition. 
my Supreme Lord, Creator of the universe. From my whole heart, I subject myself to thy divine will, and I know it is according to the dispositions and ordainment of thy infinite wisdom that the disciples follow thee as their master, the true light and guide of thy chosen ones. This I confess, my son, because thou camest upon this world in the appearance and habit of humility, in order to give it credit and destroy pride, and in order to teach the way of the cross by patience, in labor, and in the contempt coming from men. I know also that thy apostles and disciples must follow thy doctrine and establish it in thy church. But if it is possible, God of my soul, that they at present retain their freedom and their life in order to found the church, preach thy holy name, and bring the world to the true faith, I beseech thee, my Lord, to permit me to favor my vicar Peter and my son, thy beloved disciple John, and all those who by the cunning of Lucifer are imprisoned. Let not the enemy glory in having now triumphed over thy servants, nor let him raise his head over the other children of the church. Crush his haughtiness, my lord, and let him be confounded in thy presence. 150. To her petition, the Most High answered, My spouse, let what thou desirest be done, for this is also my will. Send thy angels to undo the work of Lucifer, for my power is with thee. With this loving consent, the queen of angels immediately sent one of her guard of a very high hierarchy to the prison of the apostles, in order to free them from their fetters and draw them down from their dungeon. This was the angel of whom St. Luke speaks in the fifth chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, freeing the apostles at night at the order of the Heavenly Mother, although the evangelist makes no mention of the secret connected with this miracle. But he was seen by the apostles, appearing to them full of light and glory, and telling them that he was sent by his queen to liberate them from prison. He commanded them to preach as they also did. Besides this angel, she also sent others to the magistrates and priests in order to drive away from them Lucifer and his demons, who were irritating and inciting them against the apostles. They were to inspire them instead with holy thoughts and instill in them the fear of injuring these men or hindering their preaching. The heavenly spirits obeyed, and they fulfilled their mission so well that the venerable Gamaliel delivered himself of the opinion recorded by St. Luke, Acts 5.34. For when the other judges were thrown into consternation at the news that the apostles whom they had cast into prison were freely preaching in the temple without its being known through whom and how they had been freed from the prison, Gamaliel counseled the priests not to trouble these men, but to let them continue their preaching since, if this was the work of God, they could not hinder it, and if it was not, it would soon come to naught of itself. For with the same would happen as what happened some time before the false prophets, Theotis and Judas of Galilee, who had risen in Jerusalem and Palestine, and who had both perished with all their followers. 151. This council was inspired by the holy angels of the queen, and through their influence the judges acted upon it. Through their own reputation and worldly interests induced them to forbid the apostles to preach any more in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. When, therefore, they had again brought the apostles before their tribunal, after their liberation from prison, they dismissed them with a punishment. The apostles immediately reported all their undertakings and experiences to the most blessed Mary as to their mother and teacher and the most prudent queen received them with maternal affection and joy, to see them so constant in suffering and so zealous for the welfare of souls. 
Now, my master, she said, you appear to me, true imitators and disciples of your master, since you suffer affronts and injury for his name, and with a joyous heart help him to bear the cross. You, because as worthy ministers and assistants in applying the fruit of the blood he has shed for the salvation of men, may his right hand bless you and strengthen you with divine virtue. This she said to them on her knees, and kissing their hands, whereupon she ministered to their wants, as described above. Instruction which the great queen of the angels, most blessed Mary, gave me. 152. My daughter, in what thou hast understood and written in this chapter, thou possessest many and important admonitions for thy salvation, and for the salvation of the faithful in the church. First of all, thou must meditate upon the solicitude and watchfulness with which I sought after the eternal salvation of all the faithful without overlooking the least of their necessities and dangers. I taught them the truth, prayed incessantly, encouraged them in their labors, urged the Lord to assist them, and above all I defended them from the demons and their cunning and furious wrath. All these blessings I procure for Christians from heaven in our times, and, if not all experience them, it is not because I do not solicit them, but because they are few, very few of the faithful who call to me with all their heart and who dispose themselves toward meriting and reaping the fruit of my maternal love. I would defend them all from the dragon, if all would call upon me, and if all would fear his pernicious deceits, by which they are ensnared and entrapped to eternal damnation. In order that all may wake up to this frightful danger, I now give them this new reminder. I assure thee, my daughter, that all those who damn themselves after the death of my son, and in spite of the benefits and favors procured by my intercession, will suffer greater torments in hell than those who were lost before his coming and before I was in the world. Thus, those who from now on understand these mysteries and despise them to their loss shall be subject to new and greater punishments. 153. They must also remember in what estimation they should hold their souls, since I did, and am doing so very much every day for them, after they have been redeemed by the passion and death of my divine Son. This forgetfulness among men is very blameworthy and deserves a fearful chastisement. How unreasonable and how damnable is the conduct of a man, who, for a momentary sensible pleasure, which at most must end with life and generally lasts only for a short time, labors so much and still claims to have the faith, while at the same time he takes no account of his immortal soul and forgets it, as if it ended and were consumed with the visible things. They consider not that when all comes to an end, the soul begins to suffer or enjoy the eternal and everlasting things. As thou knowest this truth and the perversity of mortals, thou wilt not be astonished at the power of the dragon in our days. For where there is continual combat, he that comes out victorious will gain the strength which the vanquished loses. This is especially true of the cruel and incessant conflict of the demons, where the souls will gain in strength by victory, and the devils will be weakened as happens when my son conquered them and I afterwards. But when the serpent finds itself victorious over men, then it will raise its proud head, gain new strength from its weakness, and a greater sway. So it does now in the world, for the lovers of its vanity have subjected themselves and are following the standard and the fabulations of the devil. In the midst of this ruin, hell has opened its maw, and the more it is glutted, the more insatiable becomes its hunger, seeking to bury in its infernal cavern 
all the rest of mankind. 154. Fear, my dearest, this danger as thou knowest it, and do thou live in a continual watchfulness, not to open the gate of thy heart to the wiles of this bloodthirsty beast. Thou hast a warning in Ananias and Sapphira, into whose soul the demon entered as soon as he had found out their desire of money, and could assault them through this portal. I do not wish thee to strive after anything pertaining to this mortal life, and I wish thee so to suppress and extinguish within thyself all the passions and inclinations of weak nature, that not even the evil spirits with all their watchfulness shall find in thee the least disorderly movement of pride, covetousness, vanity, anger, or any other passion. This is the science of the saints, and without it no one can live secure in mortal flesh. On account of ignoring it, innumerable souls perish. Do thou learn it diligently, and teach it thy religious, in order that each one may be vigilant over her own self. With it they shall live in true peace and charity, without deception. Each one and all of them together, united in the peaceful tranquility of the divine spirit, and adorned by the exercise of all virtues, will be impregnable fortress for their enemies. Remind thyself and thy religious of the chastisement of Ananias and Sapphira. Exhort them to be solicitous in the observance of their rules and constitutions, for thus shall they merit my protection and special assistance. This concludes our reading today for day number 296. We've been reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 9, Paragraphs 145 to 154. An interesting reading today in which we continue to hear about how the evil one takes over a person. And so today we hear about two different people that were taken possession of, Ananias and Sapphira, and then how the evil spirits were able to work in them. But the beautiful thing we have in the instruction of Our Lady today is that she wishes to protect us. She is our mother, and she wants to protect us. She gives a warning, first of all, Fear, my dearest, this danger as thou knowest it, and do thou live in a continual watchfulness not to open the gate of thy heart to the wiles of this bloodthirsty beast. So the first thing, we must not open ourselves to evil. And that means to have an awareness of the different things that we do or take in. Could this be leading me? Could this be an opening to that which is evil? Of course, some of the classic things that do this, for example, would be a Ouija board or some other new age things, for example. So we want to be cautious. We always want to have holy things around us to be open to the holy. And then not only does she want us to be watchful then and be careful of what it is that we take in or consume, but then she says that all these blessings I procure for Christians from heaven in our times And if not all experience them, it is not because I do not solicit them, but because there are very few of the faithful who call to me with all their heart and who dispose themselves toward meriting and reaping the fruit of my maternal love. I would defend them all from the dragon if all would call upon me, and if all would fear his pernicious deceits by which they are ensnared and entrapped to eternal damnation. So Mary wants to obtain grace for us. She wants to get these things from God and to be the generous gifter of God in that sense to all of humanity. But 
we need to approach her as well. And so for us who are reading a book about the life of the Blessed Virgin, well, we are approaching Our Lady. We have this knowledge. But think of all of the people in the world. Think about our fellow Catholics who don't take Mary seriously. Think about our Protestant brothers and sisters who don't approach Our Lady ever. And imagine what greater blessings they would have in their life if they did. For us who are her clients and devotees, let us be thankful for what she does for us. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.